Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to this KGNW broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. This is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development for 820 AM The Word. I always love this time with you each week because we get to hear stories of how people came to faith and then how the Lord was faithful to them and has been faithful to them throughout their lives, especially as it comes to pastors and ministry leaders. Because as I was sharing with our guest this morning, his name is Aaron Bauer. He's the lead pastor at Issaquah Christian Church. I said, uh, Aaron, I, I love, we've got great teaching on, on our station, and I love to hear our teaching, but I love to hear the stories of pastors and how, and how they do what they do and why they do what they do, and I want to welcome you this morning to Heart of the City. Yeah, thank you, Chuck. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, you and I met uh, last week. We were at a Missions Fest uh, event, and uh, you had a chance to share a little bit uh, uh, there at that event, and we we got a chance to meet, and I said, hey, I'd love to have you on the air and, and share your story, which is an interesting one, and we'll talk about your six children in a, in a few minutes, but uh, how long have you been the lead pastor at Issaquah Christian Church? Well, I've been a lead pastor just for a year now. And in fact, I've, I've been in ministry for you know, over two decades, but this would be the first time that I've been able to be a lead pastor and really set the tone and culture of a, of a church. And it's been a wonderful journey. Yeah. So you were on staff uh, in other churches before that? Yeah, for for 17 years um, at one church down in Kent, Faith Church, and in lots of different roles, but for 14 of those, youth ministry, and mm-hmm. then in, in some other roles of, of associate work after that. So when you transition from being a youth pastor to a lead pastor, what is that like for you as an individual? I mean, what, is that, what does that feel like? Well, the, the issues are, are, are very similar, and, and because I'd had such a long tenure as a, as a youth pastor, been able to been, been through a lot of different transitions in the church, so it was, um, I'd seen other lead pastors, I'd seen lots of interim pastors, I'd seen all sorts of different staff interruptions and difficulties and, and uh, all sorts of things like that. So I believe God had prepared me pretty well for, for some, uh, any interesting things that, that might come up. And, and so I've, I think I've been able to kind of go through those with a little bit of grace and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and understanding. So it's been uh, it's been good. It's, yeah. it's been really good. But it's different. I, I know as, as a youth pastor, my heart was um, always for the youth, and I, and I never imagined that myself that to use that as a stepping stone to go anywhere else. It was, it was youth pastors. We'd, we'd sometimes sit in dark rooms and, and make pacts that we'll never become senior pastors. We're always <laughs> going to be for the youth till we die. We're not going to use it as a stepping stone in ministry. And, and uh and some of us did go to the dark side. Yeah, we, we did. We did choose that. But but part of that, the goal and, and the heart is, I was focusing on really disciple making and 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 being a part of students. I realized that the, the people that are 
impacting them the most are the families. And if I, can, if I could move into a role where we could build a culture where those students were still being um, nurtured and encouraged by the church, but also by the parents in, in even a more robust way, that would, that would really <laughs> help me sleep well at mm-hmm. night. Yeah, yeah. So um, did you grow up in this area? Yeah, I'm a Northwest guy. Oh, you yeah. are? Okay. Yeah, I grew up next to the Canadian border in Ferndale, Washington. All right. All right. Great football teams up there. High school football teams are always tough up there, right? Yeah, yeah. In the years that I wasn't involved, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate to think that I had anything to do with the, the lack of sports success, but it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, tell me about uh, growing up in Ferndale. Did, was your family, uh, was there a, a spiritual uh atmosphere within your family life or what was your family life like in Ferndale? Yeah, I I grew up, my parents were um, faithful followers of Jesus. They they loved Jesus. They were part of his church, uh, leaders in the church pretty much constantly. So when the doors were open to the church, I was there. Mm -hmm. I was was the rug rat growing up in, growing up in the church. So I think for, you know, for that part of my story, there was a, there was a familiarity with the activities of the church. Mm-hmm. And I was very familiar with Jesus, and and I was a, a trivia expert, Christian trivia. I could I could I could lead that, <laughs> lead that section of the of the class or the sword drills of the past, sure. and all that kind of stuff. So How I, many fish did the that came yeah, up out of the water yeah. when when they pulled the nets up? Do you yeah, remember that? I, I Do you know that trivia? Oh, just more than... 153. 153. That's what the Bible says. Yeah, isn't that great? Is there some trivia for you? So much trivia. And I think that that was my problem, though, was that I was mostly around the edges of of the truth. I understood. Mm. I mean, I, I, I had lots of... Whatever knowledge helped me kind of rise to the top or be able to be interactive, that that was fine. But, I, but Jesus uh, had not gotten a hold of my heart. Mm. I mean, it, it was, I was there, I was, it was engaged, and then learned, like many um, kids who grew up in a Christian household, learned what's expected of me in different environments, and, mm-hmm. and had that uh, even beat into me a little bit in Christian school. Well, and it is interesting. In fact, Keegan, uh, who we heard speak at the at the Missions Fest. Yeah, I had a good time uh, talking to him. Yeah, I mean, and he, he shared this principle, which I thought was so profound, was that it was really an exercise in behavior modification or sin management as opposed to a real genuine relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And I think those of us that grew up in the church, in traditional churches, probably most of us went through that behavior modification, which is, you know, is there's nothing wrong with behaving ourselves, yeah. but yet there is that uh, sometimes lack of understanding of what a relationship with Jesus is all about. Yeah, I remember I, I read um, the book, The Explicit Gospel by Matt Chandler, and, and he says that he had this experience of a lot of people coming to his church and, and they would report that they heard the gospel for the first time. Mm. And and he just knew that wasn't true. I mean, he knew they'd heard it. He knew, but but what what was communicated was different than maybe what was said. So sometimes, you know, as church leaders, we can say a lot of things and we want good behavior. We want these good things. And so that, but that's what's absorbed is just try harder, be better and, and then follow, and follow Jesus or, or something like that in that order. And you have to be so very explicit to say, I, th- I know what you, I know what you think you heard me say, but I didn't say that. No, Jesus is is the way, the truth, and the life. You cannot do enough. You can't try hard enough. You can You almost have to 
reinterpret everything you're saying to make sure that the communication is very clear. Otherwise, it does come across as behavior modica- modification. Just do better, try harder, and, and Jesus will love yeah. you more. Or and, you like know, that. and as a church kid, you know, uh, you know, when you're doing good things and you're learning memory verses and you're good at Bible trivia, pats on the back. you get those pats on the back. And uh, everything seems to be going well. And, yeah. and then if there's any kind of sin in your life, it's you kind of hide that because you don't want people to think poorly of you. Yeah, I really appreciate you telling my story here, Chuck, but I think I was going <laughs> to, yeah. I wasn't I supposed to say it? Yeah, I think no, so. No, but it is very, tr- it's very, yeah. very much a common tale. You know, the, the grand- grandmas and, and grandpas and Sunday school teachers would pat you on the back and, and you know, you're, you're a good little kid for all I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and they didn't know much. And so you, you keep those parts separate because... Because the, because the expectation is that you're supposed to present yourself in this way in a, in a church environment, and, and there's some truth to it. It's just it's just not always the gospel, right? Yeah. There's some yeah. there's some truth in in how we should behave in certain environments. This, this does make sense, and I'm not against having expectations, but it is very difficult to communicate the gospel when all we're going to hear is just oh, we need to look better and try harder. I remember telling inappropriate jokes in the lobby. I can remember exactly where I was in the lobby and my more Christian friends who actually probably loved Jesus um, were like, hey, that's not appropriate. And do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building one, you know. And I'm like, I know know that verse. And I was like, oh. But but in my mind, it was note to self, don't do that here. Right. And as a teenager, not... Whoa, Jesus, what is going on in my heart that's mm. causing this to rise up? What is what's you know, there's no introspection. It was right. just it was just that modification. Right. Style well thing. you modify, you say, I, I I better not tell that joke yeah. around these people anymore, <laughs> you know, is what what begins to happen. Yeah. You know, been there, done that. Yeah. And so then you get stuck in, in some different things. I, I know I was stuck pretty deep um uh, in pornography for I'd say probably five or six years of, of my young teenage life. Um, oddly enough, it was on the way to Christian school, carpooling on the way to Christian school. Uh, one of my carpool mates showed me some pornography in, in a, you know, in a peachy folder and, mm-hmm. and, and had a, you know, had his, his magazine there. And I was like, whoa, what is going on? And that started a journey into all sorts of just Isn't it amazing? Stuff. And I think men can understand this. Sometimes that, that one look or that one thing can really set your mind off into a direction that can have long-term ramifications, can it? Right, yeah. I mean, if, if you needed your mind to wander, if you were bored at all, there was, there's a constant realm of activity for your brain, yeah. for sure. And, yeah. and, it, and that it has a more sinister side. I'm not doubting, I'm not just saying it's a uh, something to uh, keep your mind busy. It, it definitely had its shame and uh, guilt appropriately, and then shame, and then and then the cycle just would continue for mm-hmm. years and years and years. And so I remember I was uh, now a senior in high school, and um, I had had lots of interactions with friends at school, but it was mostly at school was that was my world where I could just kind of do whatever I wanted um, relationally or with my you know with words and joking with people constantly. And I was pretty pretty foul mouth in the in the appropriate areas, mm-hmm. as I would say it. Mm-hmm. Um, but and at church, I was still you know pretty good kid, sort of, um, as far as they knew. Um, but I remember one day it was a it was an English class, and my teacher started going on a riff about how the Bible couldn't be trusted. And and I was thinking to myself, well, this this guy's so full of inaccuracies. I mean, this is not true. I I know a ton about the Bible. I'm 
Christian trivia boy. I can, yeah. you know, I, I know about the authorship and I know that uh, I have a good theory of, of, uh, you know, inspiration of scripture and, and, and I, I can, I could, I can talk about this. But then I look around the room in my English high school room classroom and I look around at the guy I was just doing major course joking with in Spanish class. And I look around at the girl that I was like, well, I've, that that flirtation was way over the edge. And I'm looking around the room at just the, my peers and saying, really, am I the guy that's going to stand up and represent Jesus in this group? Mm. And it killed me. I mean, I, I just, I was, I didn't stand up. I just looked around and, and I just thought to myself, wow, this is, this is where you are. You're, you're here in this moment where you could say something, you could represent, but Jesus, um, would probably desire a different person to stand up at this point. And, and actually a friend of mine did. He was a guy that went to the church um, and, and I think a faithful follower of Jesus, and he is to this day. Um, and he stood up and, and defended the faith, as it were. And, and, uh, and I, I, that was that night I was home and I just was crying out to Jesus, just saying, I can't do this. I can't be the Christian you want me to be. I don't have what it takes to be the Christian. To go from the, the Sunday, you know, possible conviction of, of sermons and then Monday morning make it to second period in class. And that was about as far as I could go with my religious zeal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just sunk. I was broken. And Jesus seemed to say, I don't believe it was audible, you know, <laughs> the, the room didn't shake. But, but I, I believe he said to me, uh, when I said, I, I can't do this, I, I don't have what it takes, he seemed to say, uh, I didn't say you had to have what it takes, but I do. Mm. And this is something I want to do through you if you'll let me. If, if you'll let me transform you, I, I will do that. And I said, yeah, yes, yes, please. And that those next four or five months were just probably one of the most weird and difficult and exhilarating times of my life. I, I had... What year in uh, high school? Like, yeah, my senior year senior in high school. Senior year, so I'm, okay. So I'm about 18 years old, and and I start to see him what he can do through me. I, I see uh, a heart to share with to share with people about Jesus. That summer, I would go from these highs and super lows, of really diving into sin, and but also having these moments where I really was representing Christ and wanting to share and. And just kind of up and down, up and down, like this battle almost for my soul of what what's it going to be. And and it was probably that next fall when I was at Seattle Pacific University that I was around a group with some guys on my floor talking about Jesus and and uh, and they were sharing what they see in Aaron. What, what do you what do you know? T- talk about around the circle. What do you see God doing in Aaron's life? And everybody to 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 a to a man was saying, wow, every time I, you know, I talk to Aaron, it's just always about Jesus. And I just see in his life, just this heart and passion for Jesus. And I mean, on and on and on. And I am just inside, just exhilarated and just going, how in the world is this possible? And I had this vision in my mind that that day of like, I had just jumped the Grand Canyon or something like evil can evil or something. Mm-hmm. And I, I was looking in the rear view mirror of life and I could see the Grand Canyon just behind me and that somehow God had taken me because it certainly wasn't by my effort. I knew what I was capable of, just awfulness. You mm-hmm. know? And to see him cha- change me and transition um, and really transform me from the inside out was just fascinating. And I've, I've kind of addicted to that yeah. ever since. Yeah. 
Well, you're listening to Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, the Director of Local Ministry Development with uh, 820 AM The Word, and today we're speaking with Aaron Bauer. He's lead pastor of Issaquah Christian Church. And Aaron, it's amazing to me how the Lord continues to bring us to himself, even in the midst of sin. Oh, for sure. You know, I, I do these interviews every week, and I'm, I still am amazed by the grace of God, that in the midst of our immaturity, in the midst of our willful sinfulness, yet he is still speaking to us continually through his word, through circumstance, through our own uh, conscience that the Holy Spirit is working in. It's amazing to me how faithful he is in the midst of all that. Well, yeah, and it's his faithfulness. It has nothing to do with our ability to, to be faithful. I mean, it, he he accomplishes that for us, and he is doing that work in us. It, it really is amazing. Even in sinfulness, which, which I, I hate. I, I hate that, that I'm prone to that, or I hate that that's, that's where I sometimes end up. But in the midst of it, he continues to remind me that I don't need to rely on my own strength. And if I do, this is where I'm going to end up. But do I want to rely on what he can do, his power, transformative power in and through me? And so really, Chuck, I'm learning the same lesson that I've been learning for 25 years. I mean, I had the same kind of conversation with God last week mm-hmm. about, I don't have what it takes to do this, lifestyle of ministry and leadership and all these different things. And and it was like, hey, Aaron, remember remember this thing we do? I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I don't have what it takes, but you do. Yeah. This is your work anyway. And so uh, I'll just, I'll just, I'm going to let you do that. But now I know that that's hard. To, that's easy theor- to say theoretically. But but as he, I've, I've developed some habits that, that help me keep that perspective when I'm, when I'm going through tough stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, even failure, like you mentioned, can be one of those things that just drives you into a lifestyle, a cycle of shame. But it also is a, it can be a reminder of his faithfulness. Like you said, you know, you, you, wow, I messed up. But thank you, Jesus, for a reminder of, of what I'll do if I'm left alone mm-hmm. into my own devices. But mm-hmm. thank you for your faithfulness and that through you, I can, I can, I can find obedience because you are the obedient one. And I can, I can serve you and, and love you. And so in a sense, like I'm not against the rules, but, but those, when I sin, it becomes more apparent, the gospel mm-hmm. and more of my need for him. And so that I'm ultimately developing more of my confidence in him. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's the way I, I talk about faith. Now I talk about his God confidence. You know, because there's a there's a there's a theory out there that if I'm just more self confident, then everything is going to get better. But uh, I know I'm confident that where I will go if left to my own devices is is a pretty is pretty dark because I, I don't tend to go that way unless I'm led by the Spirit. So what I'm trying to do is in my life and in my ministry and my family is develop more of that God confidence and and trust in in him and allow him to do those those uh, deeper works in me in the midst mm-hmm. of even failure. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, for me, just having done this program for a year now, is is when I hear the stories of how God continues to work, as I mentioned, in the midst of sin, disobedience, and all of that, it's convicted me about the judgments that I that I have towards brothers and sisters in Christ when I see their errors mm. and their yeah. lifestyle and I think, you know, why are they doing that? They're obviously, you know, that's that's a problem in their life, whatever that is. Yeah. 
not really understanding or knowing that God is still working in their hearts in a very definite way and that he knows the end from the beginning and I he's God and I'm not and uh it's amazing to to recognize that and then say God you are faithful in their life you will continue till the end with them right and uh so it's exciting to hear your story because God has has done that with you yeah I think you're right and and I think when we that impulse to to pick apart what somebody else's motivation might have been or why they failed in this dramatic or extravagant way. Um, we're, we're forgetting our own penchant for, mm-hmm. for that. And we, we don't, we, we, we get excited. I, I'm probably the worst <laughs> that I know, get really excited about some of my own successes or something I've learned. And then automatically I look around at all the people that haven't learned that or haven't, you know, <laughs> been obedient or succeeded in that way and, and start to think, wow, what's wrong with them? And I just learned that a moment ago, and now I'm automatically looking around at what's their problem, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, you know, there's this, you know, the news reports are always, uh, you know, you see, you see on the news and, and they interview the guy next door and says, I never saw that. Tim was always a nice guy. He always pet the cat and fed his dog and he was always such a great guy. I can't believe he was so capable of that. And it's like, really, we don't understand that we're capable of these things, mm-hmm. this, you know, whatever that is, whether it's a Christian brother or sister or or just you know the random criminal uh, don't don't we understand that that's where our hearts go yeah and and so my prayer has been Lord keep me on a short leash <laughs> mm-hmm. don't give me enough leash to hang myself spirit spirit of God just remind me yeah of these things yeah well um, tell me a little bit more about your church you uh, I, I know we're jumping ahead in the story quite yeah, a bit sure. but uh, tell me about uh, if somebody walks into Issaquah Christian Church. What are they going to experience? Well, yeah, you're going to you're going to find us unapologetically talking about Jesus a lot, um, and you're going to find people that are just growing in their faith and and really warm welcome. I mean, at the service, you know, that's the that's the time where, where we're gathered for prayer and praise and proclamation, and and we're we're just excited to be together. And I mean, you certainly be warmly welcomed. Everybody that comes says, wow, I got a bunch of new friends now, which is mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. But that's not all we're doing, though. I mean, we're trying to see in the neighborhoods, see disciple-making develop all over the east side. So so Sunday morning is a is a great part of what we do, but we're asking God for even deeper work in the in the areas around us, too, you yeah. know, during, that, during the week. Well... And I, I think sometimes there's this thought about Issaquah uh, that that maybe it's uh, you know high income people and they're all you know they're all living up on the plateau and very wealthy, but that's probably not necessarily accurate. I'm sure, you know, there are people who uh, uh, you know have needs and and uh, uh, there's a ministry there also for oh, folks yeah. that, that 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 have those kinds of needs. Oh, you'll see that. Yeah, you'll see all sorts of people there. It's a it's a kind of a wide variety of of people, and and some are are just being loved on by the church. And mm-hmm. You can tell that they're they just have they're hurting, but uh, they found a place to they found a place to find Jesus. So. Well, I want to hear more of your story. Uh, if you've got an, another. Uh, chance here for the next few minutes uh, in our next program. I'd love to share with you a little bit about your experience uh, because you're a father of six. That's right. Yeah. And uh, they're all adopted. Correct. And uh, you've got quite a story to tell about that. We're going to do that next week uh, on our program. But we've got about a minute, minute and a half left. I'd just love for you to uh, just spend uh, 90 seconds here and encourage our listeners uh, about your life, your life story. What does your life story say to people about uh, 
the Lord. Well, I just I've just been captivated by by Jesus, and and what's so great about it is His grip is so much stronger than mine. You know, to to hang on to me and to hold on to me, and and so I just I just keep turning over um, in my mind this 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 story that He keeps doing in me that He says I, I'm going to do this for you. This is my story. This isn't yours anyway. So allow me to do this work through you. And and I know even just becoming a pastor, there's there's lots of difficulties, and and sometimes it's very difficult to to know what the next steps are. Um, but Jesus is just faithful in the midst of that too. And so in, in that sense, I'm just an everyday guy who lives in a neighborhood and um, raising a family and learning to love Jesus. And and that's just uh, the way it goes. And so he is faithful. He is strong. He is the one that can take your life and trans, transform it and make it into something that, that uh, is very meaningful, not just for you, but for a lot of people around you. Well, Aaron, I want to thank you for joining me today on Heart of the City. And uh, we've been speaking with Aaron Bauer. He's the lead pastor at Issaquah Christian Church in Issaquah. If you want to learn more about Issaquah Christian Church, you can go to iccweb.org. Thanks for joining me today. You've been listening to this KGNW special, Heart of the City. For more information about how your pastor or ministry can be featured on 820 AM The Word. Call Chuck Olmstead at 206-269-6216 or go to 820amtheword.com.